Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Today's guest has been a part of the leather community for the past six years and holds the current title of Miss Los Angeles Leather 2019 and 2020. Later on, we'll get into some hot topics, including subdom and primal play. Get ready for some more Leather Talk. This is Brandon, your Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. And before we get started here, I just wanted to make a quick disclaimer. Some audiences may be sensitive to material in reference to our guests' account of their own experience in an abusive past relationship. Now, although there are no graphic descriptions of abuse in this episode, please note that some listeners may want to skip ahead towards around the 14-minute mark of the episode in order to avoid listening to this material. The views and opinions expressed are those of this guest only and do not reflect any official position of the Leather Talk podcast. Well, everybody, this is Brandon, your Mr. Bullet Leather 2020, and today we have Persephone. Hi, Persephone. Hi, how are you doing? (laughs) Pretty good. Uh, Persephone, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience, please? Sure. I'm Persephone DiStefano, Miss Los Angeles Leather 2019 and 2020. Um, I identify gender-wise as a female, I'm pansexual, and I've been in the leather community since about 2014. My leather title is wonderful. It's given me a lot of opportunity that I wouldn't have had otherwise. The Miss Miss Los Angeles Leather Organization is dedicated to preserving the strong legacy of women's leather, history of the city of Los Angeles, and has a commitment to education, diversity, inclusion, and play. It continues to build upon those contributions by providing platforms to all those in our community who walk the path of leather, embracing regardless of identity, ability, belief, or form. Wow, that is so awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be picking your brain a little bit more about um, the, the the women's leather title system because I I'm personally don't know too much about it. So I think it'll be interesting to, to learn more. Um, let's learn a little bit more about you before we get into that. Um, so you said you've been in since maybe like what 2014 um when did you first actually okay let's go back even further (laughs) when did you first discover that you were pansexual that happened when i ran for this title in 2016. okay i was working on what kind of fantasy that i wanted Mm -hmm. and at the time, I had started to play with a lady by the name of Mistress Phoenix. And after we would play and she would do aftercare, I really enjoyed 
that energy we have between each other. And at that point of time, I did not consider myself um, homosexual in any way, shape, or form. Okay. But as we played and afterwards cuddled, that energy was just so powerful that that's when I discovered that I like boobies. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) As long as they're attached to somebody that I have um, chemistry and energy with. So when I did my fantasy, I basically, that's when I came out with, hey, I like women too. Wow. So I guess that was, you kind of answered the question that I had in my mind before, but how, how did you distinguish the difference between I'm pansexual or I, I'm bisexual? To me, bisexual has to do more with genitalia, mm-hmm. where pansexual has more to do with the energy and the connection, the chemistry. Okay, I see. So when you were describing your scene earlier, it was the energy that attracted you to that person. Correct. Got it. And the boobies helped. And the boobies helped. (laughs) (laughs) You never, I never personally got the boobies thing, but I'll have to try it again sometime. Maybe it'll change for me. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, so that was back in 2016, but you said you got came into the community around 2014. So let's talk about a little bit about that. How did you first like find yourself into kink or into leather? Okay, I actually came into kink earlier than okay. 2014. That's when I actually got into the leather part. Okay, the kink part um, was boy, it had to be. 2011 or so. Okay. My daughter and I lived together. We're very open with each other. Mm -hmm. And one night she asked me if I wanted to go see what she was doing on the weekends. So I said, yes. Well, then she said, you will need to wear this collar so no one will mess with you. And it was a dog collar that had a dog tag on it that said Lady Godden, which was her scene name. And I thought, okay, no problem. I trust my daughter. Well, wait, wait, hold up. Wait a second. <laughs> Your daughter corrupted you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Sorry. I'm just like, I'm, wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, everybody does that. Um, so we went to this bar in Hollywood, which it was the back half of a bar, actually, and they had a stage where they there was some bondage scenes going on. There was some flogging scenes and stuff, mm-hmm. and I watched them, and I watched my daughter get flogged, which she said it was very weird, Sit, you know, standing up there and looking down, and there her mother is in the front, yard, in front row. Looking Mm -hmm. up at her like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I thought, God, I want to do that. And I was getting all juicy. And the whole whole 
evening was just like, wow, I want to do this. And so after that, um, she got me onto FetLife mm-hmm. and it took off from there. We went to different classes and events together. Uh, I met John for the first time, my master. Mm-hmm. She went with me and she stayed off to the side. We had signals that if I was feeling uncomfortable that I would do and she knew to come over and say, hey, mom, you ready to go now? But obviously I never use that signal since I'm with him still. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's basically how I got into it. And my daughter told me that she always had a feeling that I was a submissive mm-hmm. and that I like kinky stuff. Because like I said, we were very open and we talked about everything and anything. Wow. I have to say, I know we kind of, you know, jokingly laughed about it earlier about how your daughter corrupted you, but how amazing, like how lucky you are to have somebody that close to you kind of usher you into this life that that you kind of followed a path, a new path for yourself. A lot of us don't have that kind of luxury, you know, having someone that we trust. So I'm just going to take a quick little break right here just to give a little trigger warning. Persephone is about to go into a kind of personal story about her struggle with an abusive relationship. If this is a topic that is sensitive for you, you are more than welcome to skip ahead to around the 14 minute mark. And with that said, we will continue our interview now with Persephone. Exactly. And she was very protective. Um, At one point of time, I had a long distance relationship with a guy in Florida that turned toxic. He Mm. threatened, uh, trigger warning, he threatened to kidnap me because he needed me and wanted me so bad, et cetera, et cetera. And I went to her and I said, help. I don't know what to do about this guy because he had me so brainwashed that even though I wanted to tell him later, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, she took over and basically told him, if anything goes on, anything happens, she's calling the police, she, you know, pressing charges, don't ever contact my mom again. Wow. Again. And so she's been there for me. Wow. That is so amazing that you have someone like that, that can really just has your back. You have each other's back. And I mean, I'm, I've heard stories like this before where women have kind of been, or not just women, but, you know, anyone can be sort of brainwashed into a toxic relationship like that. Don Don Mike kind of shares about that he was in a toxic relationship in the beginning of his kink life as well. You know, what, what, what would be your advice to people that, you know, maybe are listening to your episode right now and have gone through or are going through some of the same things? I would tell them to get away from the person and stop and think, am I getting what I need? Mm-hmm. Am I, is it causing me any mental or physical problems? And just get the the, the courage, because it does take courage to leave. Mm-hmm. Get the courage up, 
and realize that you need to take care of you. No matter how submissive one can be, you still need to put yourself first. Absolutely. And you need to be able to be brave enough to be able to do that. Also, surround yourself with other people who will help you get through something like that and not go, oh, you're all right. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. But people that will go, no, that's very toxic. You need to come out of it and we'll be there to support you and back you up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't want to like put a hold. Well, I guess it's, it, this is a really important topic and um, I know it's early in the episode, but um, I did want to ask you like, what are some red flags that you kind of, you could look back and point out, well, that was a red flag. That was a red flag. I should have known then. I would say that when he told me that he was going to have me move in with him in Florida mm -hmm. and that I would not be able to see my family. I would not be able to have friends, things like that. It just, it should have told me right then and there, God, this guy is not, you know, not, no, <laughs> get yeah. away from him. But I didn't because at the time being very young in this lifestyle, Mm -hmm. in a way that kind of makes you go, ooh, that sounds sexy. It sounds, you know, fun and stuff like that. But it's not, and it's not the way the things should be going on. If you, no if you could go back and talk to that younger Persephone, uh, what would you say to her? Get your head out of your cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But seriously, I quit thinking with your pussy. Mm -hmm. Think with your head as yeah. to seeing those red flags and 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 just stop. Yeah. Kick yeah. back. Think about what's going on and figure out if it's right for you or not. Absolutely. Well, you are in a a healthy um, subdom relationship currently. Is that correct? Correct. We're master slave. Okay. And um, I also have a submissive myself. Okay. And I just want to make a, a, a little sort of disclaimer for those of us that are not into the, the kink scene and maybe are not familiar with the terms. I just wanted to point out that the master slave dynamic is not it's not in reference to you know social forms of oppression or 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 race or anything like that. It is simply terms that are used in some kink relationships as a sub and a dominant kind of dynamic. So, you know, those terms are being discussed widely throughout the kink and leather community uh, whether or not, you know, to use them and and some couples choose to use them others don't. Um, so I just wanted to provide a little context there for those who might not be familiar with those terms. Right. For me, the difference between dominant and submissive and master-slave is the level of commitment of myself to my partner, how much I've given to him mm -hmm. as far as control. If he told me, which he never would, to go out and stand in the middle of the highway, I would do it mm -hmm. because 
that's how deeply committed I am to him. And that's how much I trust him. So it comes down to that, the fact that you trust him, you would be willing to go to an extreme versus, you know, um, identifying someone as abusive and then you don't trust them. You're not willing to go that far. Correct. And I know that he would never, ever make me do something that would harm me Mm -hmm. um, physically, mentally, emotionally, that he is looking out for my welfare to where he also controls how I live my lifestyle as far as exercise, eating. I don't drink sodas anymore because of him. Because at the very beginning, he noticed I was drinking, quote unquote, vats of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, that's a, that's a gr- you just gave me a great idea. I'm like, wow, well, I, I really needed to be working out during this quarantine. <laughs> I should find a master that makes me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's called motivation. motivation. Right? <laughs> I love it. Uh, how did you two meet? We met on FetLife. He put an advertisement in the L.A classified or something that uh, he was looking for somebody and so I answered the ad and we talked online for maybe a week at the most because he definitely is not an online relationship person. Then we met at a Starbucks Mm -hmm. and it just went off from there. So it's been a wonderful ride with him, let me tell you. He's been through everything with me from a stroke to a brain tumor to a divorce. I mean, he's just, he's always there. Are you um, monogamous with him? No, we're poly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that is sort of the gentleman I said was my submissive. Mm -hmm. He lives up in San Francisco and we have a power relationship exchange, power exchange relationship and also sexual one. And everybody knows about everybody else and it works out great. So I'm curious, I mean, if you're, I mean, I don't know if your parents and, and other, some other family members are still around, but what, what are your other friends and family think when you decided to kind of go down this path of a leather kink life? Well, my mom knows mm-hmm. and she was very concerned because of trigger warning. She was abused by her two husbands. Mm. And she was very afraid that this was an abusive type of relationship. And I have convinced her, and so has John, that it's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. She absolutely loves John. She thanks him for all the stuff that he has helped me through, especially since she lives in Colorado Mm -hmm. and can't be, you know, here for me. So she's totally okay with it now. I mean, it sounds like on the onset, it's something that she wasn't familiar with and probably was just looking out for your safety at the beginning, you know. Exactly, exactly. She had no clue what this all meant. I think she had the idea that a lot of the public has is that it's just guys that like to abuse 
women or, you know, other men or whatever. And it's a front for that. Mm -hmm. And I had to basically teach her what it really means, especially to John and I. Now, how long did you guys date or converse before deciding to kind of enter into this kind of power exchange relationship? Well, right away, it was definitely a a DNS relationship, Mm -hmm. Uh, just because of my submissive nature and his dominant nature. It fell right into that. But what we would do, because I lived up in the Fraser Park area, Mm -hmm. we would meet here in Santa Clarita, and then we'd go to like BOD, Bordello of Decadence, for classes put on by Mistress Melissa. Okay. And through that, we were able, that would open up dialogue between him and I as far as what we wanted out of our relationship. It wasn't until we started going to mass meetings, Mm -hmm. and we were, at that time, we were both going... I don't know if I want to be a slave. And he was like, I don't know if I want to be master. And to this day, he still doesn't really like the master title because of the connotations. Right. Um, And I rarely call him that. I will respond more with sir than with yes, master. Mm -hmm. And we got around people that were in the total power exchange dynamic. And at these mass meetings, a lot of things were discussed that had to do with master slave. Mm -hmm. And it really helped us figure out whether we wanted to do that or not. And at one point in time, my daughter and I were on the Rev Mel show Mm -hmm. because everybody goes, your daughter, really? And they expect me to be the dominant, which she's the dominant, not me. Mm -hmm. And no, we don't do, you know, menage de trois. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because that's like the second, you know, question. question. Do you guys do it together? No. (laughs) (laughs) And and there is a wall there. Um, And Rev Mill said, what is most important to you about you and John's relationship? And I said, John, his happiness, getting his needs met, his wants and desires met. And she looked at me and she said, you're a slave. Excuse me? Because to me, having the bad relationship with the guy online, Mm -hmm. his idea of slave was you stayed in the house, totally naked, 24-7. You got a time limit on how long to get to the grocery store and back. You're an you object have... in his, you know, you were an yeah. object. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Are you kidding? But as we went to Mast and we got around other people and we went to Butchman's, it kind of opened it up that it's not, it doesn't have to be that, uh, you know, You can't cough unless I tell you. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. It really isn't. I think it's really, really sweet, Persephone. What you what you said when when um, you know that person asked you, 
what's most important? And you said John and his needs and getting his needs met. And I think that like outside of even kink or power exchange relationships, if partners looked at each other that way and thought that you are the most important thing in this relationship and we did that to each other, like a lot of relationships would be a lot more successful. Oh, I totally agree. There's been so many times that I've seen, I've, for example, we were in Dom De- I mean, Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And is that a bar? No, it, Dom, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we call it Dom Depot because you can get all these, you know, you can get rope and you can get, right. you know. Anyway, we were there and there was a couple. The lady had went and got something for the guy, and it was the wrong thing, and he started in on her, and she started in on him, and they started arguing, and I looked at him, and I thought, I would never do that to John. Mm-hmm. If I got the wrong thing, and he'd never do that to me. If I got the wrong thing, he would go, that's the wrong piece. What I need is the one that da-da-da, and I would say, okay, and i go get it. Right. There would be no arguing like that because there's too much respect between him and I to treat each other like that. So I totally agree with you that if everybody, and no matter what relationship it is, if everybody had that idea, it would it would be great. I think that's really um, interesting that you say, you know, respect. Um, I think a lot of people look on the outside and they see... Uh, a dom sub relationship and they think like you said you know your mother oh this is an abusive relationship but there's a lot of respect that comes along with it and um you mentioned mistress melissa she came on the show earlier and i forget what the exact words were um but there was definitely trust honor and respect in there And, and that was like kind of her core of how she described these kind of power exchange Exactly. And communication. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to talk to each other, even though I don't argue with John, we will discuss things. When there's a problem, we discuss it. We don't fight about it. Absolutely. And I, I totally trust, honor, respect, and love him. Mm-hmm. So... It makes for a great relationship. That is so awesome. Well, I, I want to come back to more about you and John in a little bit, but let's talk about your leather because we kind of found out your origins of kink. What What about leather? I remember you came on Leather Talk for Pride and I said, what's your favorite thing about leather? And you said, it smells good. <laughs> that was a key yeah. thing. <laughs> That's true. That's still my what I would say. <laughs> I used to go into a leather shop in Colorado, and I just walk in, stand in the middle of it, and go and sniff and smell. And they would be like, "Hi," and like, "Hi," I'm just smelling. And they're like, "That's okay." And they got to knowing me because I could not go by this leather shop without stopping and and smelling. <laughs> It sort of smells like a new car. It's just that <laughs> scent. Yeah, there, there's something about it that, you know, we'll be doing a flogging scene and John will, you know, drape the flogger over my shoulder. And the first thing I do is start smelling it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is such a strong um, scent. And, you know, um, 
I'm sure lots of people can can relate to this. I don't know if any of you have ever smelled like tobacco and remembered your grandparents, but I do all the time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, wow, that's the exact tobacco that my grandfather used to smoke out of his pipe. Like, and it brings me back to a place, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so when was the first time you like encountered leather and you realized that it was uh, something sexual for you? I would say that the first time that it really dawned on me what leather was all about and that would be when we went to an event Mm -hmm. and it was a leather event so there was all these people in leather and they just looked so nice and they looked I mean the if I see a man dressed in full leathers I'm just like ooh. God, that looks nice. You know, it just the smell, the look, the feel of it against your skin. It all just gets my juices flowing. Do you remember the first time you put on leather with the intent of, you know, being kinky? I would say the first time I put on leather and thought about being kinky was when (laughs) it sounds kind of weird but it's when I won my title wow and I put on the sash and the smell of the sash the idea behind it just got me all yeah um (laughs) that is so interesting that you say that it sounds to me like you got into leather sort of as a result of kink would you say that's accurate yes I would I would totally say that's accurate and it's just so interesting that you said when you put on that sash I guess it sort of kind of brought everything full circle and what a meaningful moment for you for winning the title putting that piece of sash on and then it all kind of culminating yeah I would say that would be you know a true statement when the first piece of leather that I actually owned would have to be the vest that I got and put a patch on the back for the Los Angeles Girls of Leather. That was also a turning point for me to join that organization and realize I'm a girl of leather. I can I I love this. I I like representing if I've got on any kind of leather outfit and I stop to get gas, some people would be like, oh, I should take this off. Not me. I'm like, yeah, go ahead and look because I'm proud of this. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know what it's all about, come talk to me. You know, don't look at me like, Ugh. you know, because you misunderstand it. Definitely spoken like a true title holder. You're, you seem sort of like an evangelist for the lettering <laughs> world. <laughs> I love it when people that have no idea mm-hmm. what Miss LA Leather is, I love it when I can educate them on it and tell them what leather is about. Because I know a lot of people either associate leather with homosexual men or they uh, think about bikers. Mm -hmm. And so it can have a a negative impact on them. Mm -hmm. And I'm the one that wants to go out and go, 
you guys are totally wrong. This is what it's all about. This you don't have to be a gay male. You don't, you know, you don't even actually have to dress in any leather to be leather. Right, right. You know, it it's it's totally a lifestyle and morals and values and integrity and all of that is what and heart and community service. That's what it's all about. So essentially what you're saying, it's the it's the virtues that come along with leather that make you leather. It's not the leather itself. Correct. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So I guess, you know, my next question to, to you was going to be, what does leather mean to you? But it seems like you've answered that um, in a pretty profound way. So how would you describe leather to someone who's like just exploring it or, or comes up to you at the gas station and says, what's what's this all about? What do you say to those people? I would say, like I stated before, that mm-hmm. leather is the way that one presents themselves, the virtues that you portray, the true version of yourself, there to have openness and mm-hmm. honesty and a good set of morals, which a lot of people think, but you're beating the shit out of each other. (laughs) (laughs) How can that be moral? Well, you know, as long as it's consensual, it's, you know, I don't see a problem, but I, I just tell them that it's the way that I live my life, that I'm open and honest and I try to help people with community service and, you know, one of the greatest things that I've done when it comes to representing leather is when the Los Angeles Girls of Leather, we got a whole bunch of donations of, you know, the little, like, soaps and shampoos and stuff you get in hotels. Yeah. And you don't use them. Well, we asked people to collect them and give them to us. Mm-hmm. And then we put them in a bunch of knapsacks along with socks and and handy wipes and feminine hygiene products and all that. And I think we got about almost 200 bags. And all of us, plus our significant other um, Mm -hmm. for protection, went down to L.A. Skid Row and started handing them out. And the look on people's faces when we'd give them one and they look at it, they would be just like, oh, my God, you know, this is great. And one guy came up to me and said, why are you doing this? Hmm. And I said, because I need to, because you guys need the help. You guys need to have somebody care about what's going on. Oh, Persephone, you just gave me chills right now about, I mean, just you are a walking example that leather is more than the aesthetic. It totally is. I mean, I didn't own any leather for I don't know how long, but I considered myself leather. Mm-hmm. The only thing I actually had was that vest. And it's not, it's not about the what you wear. It's how you present yourself and what you do for others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I, I do want to ask you a little bit more about the communities because obviously you identify as, as pansexual. I identify as cis male homosexual. And I have to tell you, like first coming into the leather scene, I think I thought of leather 
very similar to the way you were describing it, where a lot of people just think, oh, it's a gay guy thing. Um, And I didn't even realize that women were involved for a long time. And it kind of came as a surprise to me. And upon finding out that, you know, women and pansexuals were also part of the leather community, it didn't, I was like, okay, that makes sense. But it did come as a surprise because through media, through, you know, whatever my knowledge was, that's all I saw was a gay leather space. Were you aware of like the gay leather culture upon coming into BDSM and kink and leather? Or did you kind of discover that on your way? Um, Basically, I knew about it mm-hmm. because, like you said, it's portrayed mostly as a gay man's community mm-hmm. or lifestyle. And what I didn't realize was how hard it is to get women acknowledged mm-hmm. that they can be leather. They don't have to be gay or male. It doesn't matter your gender or your sexual preference. And I realized more and more as I got into the leather scene, and especially since having this title, that it's hard for women to get people to get past that ideal Mm -hmm. of what leather is. Why do you think, I mean, I, I, I have, how do I say this? I have experienced where people kind of have some sort of resistance to women coming into the scene. And I'm, I'm curious why you think that is. A, I, I mean, I, I clearly don't have a problem with whatever gender you, you are, because to me, like you said, leather helps you discover your true self. And it's more than about your gender. It's even more about the leather itself. So I don't see a problem with it, but I know some people have expressed that before, uh, why do you think that is? Well, I I will admit that it did start out gay leather. Mm-hmm. Um, with, I mean, with gay men. And it wasn't seen as a woman's community for a while after it started in the gay male community. And I think a lot of the people, the guys that are resistant to women being involved are of that, what they call the old guard Mm -hmm. leather, where it's not women, it's not bisexuals, it's not, you know, they have this idea of this is what leather is. And if you're not A, B, C, or D, you're not, period end of conversation they've got it stuck in their head I and I don't know if it's because they're afraid of women taking over or afraid of them looking different than what they want to be portrayed as Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly what the mindset is for the guys that are totally against this and unfortunately I ran across that quite a bit and I don't like it I want it to change and that's what my platform has been is we need to include everybody Mm -hmm. 
especially nowadays when we're getting attacked, you know, trans people are dying and getting killed and we're getting rights taken away, you know, because you're gay, da, 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 all that, all those issues, there's enough people against what's going on without the fighting in between inside the lifestyle. We need to support each other and we need to be there to back each other up, to pick each other up, and to fight for the rights of everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. I think um, Pup Rush the other day actually expressed something similar. I think it was Pup Rush. And he was, or no, it wasn't Pup Rush. It was um, Chris Velasquez. Chris Velasquez said on, on his podcast, with all of this stuff coming out, the LGBTQ plus community, uh, we don't need fighting within our community. We don't need disagreements. We don't need all this friction between each other. If we can't even accept each other within our pool of people, how are we going to get people outside of you know our group to accept us and to understand us? Exactly, because they're going to use that against us. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, well, I don't know why you're so upset about it. You guys don't even like each other. You know, mm-hmm. and, and we... And today's day and age with, you know, who's there in government, Mm -hmm. we can't have that. We need to be together and be strong as a unit. So I'm curious, um, you know, I don't know if I've seen you around at very many leather bars. And part of it is probably because, you know, you were saying, you know, a lot of places identify as gay male space. Um, Or maybe I just had my eyes looking down at people's crotches so much that I just didn't see faces. <laughs> but, um, what, what would, where is your like go-to place to like go hang out and beat leather? I like either the bullet bar or Eagle LA. Okay. Are the two that we go to the most. Okay. Awesome. I, I actually have seen you at the bullet bar before. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So what is what is special to you about those places? Well, the first time I ever went to the Bullet, it was for a Los Angeles Girls of Leather meeting. Mm-hmm. And the owner, Michael, was so accommodating to us and so open to us. And I've really, since then, I've really never felt like they were looking at me as, ooh, a woman? Really? Mm -hmm. You know? And when I first started this whole leather thing, I was heterosexual. Mm -hmm. I hadn't discovered the booby side of me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We need a t-shirt that says, Persephone, I haven't discovered the booby side of me. (laughs) (laughs) But You know, so going into a gay leather bar was kind of intimidating because I was neither gay nor male and very new in leather. Mm -hmm. But I always felt welcomed there. Same way with Eagle LA. Now, I will admit that there has been times that I'll be walking and not notice, but like John or a friend of mine wouldn't notice that some of the guys would be giving me the, the eagle, the, uh, the eagle eye, you know, <laughs> the, the eagle, eye. Eye, the eagle. <laughs> yeah, the stink eye. 
And, but you know, with that, you know what my, my thing is, Mm -hmm. is if I ever saw that personally, which I really never have, I don't think that they have the gonads to really do it to my face. Mm -hmm. But if I ever saw it, I would go up to the person and go, hi, how you doing? I'm Persephone. And I'd introduce myself and be all, you know, friendly and super sweet and, Ask him, so how long you been coming to the bar? This is a really nice place. But I just strike up a conversation to get them to realize just because she's a woman doesn't mean she's like, like going to rub off on me and I'm going to like, you know, women all of a sudden or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I don't understand that fear either. Uh, But you know what I think is really great and you know, unfortunately, it, it will take some growing pains. But when people feel uncomfortable, it's usually because it's something that they don't understand that they don't know. It's it's a fear of the unknown that causes this kind of friction a lot of times. And we're seeing it today with racism. We're seeing it today with all kinds of things happening in our society, uh, which we won't get into. That'll be a whole other hour long talk. But um, I think what's so great is that you're using that opportunity to sort of dispel some of that misunderstanding. And this is the only way that we're going to really be able to grow is to take that as an opportunity to move forward as a community. And I think, for 70, the more that you do that, the more that you're going out and showing people that leather is more than what they thought in, in this box uh, is, you know, and, and people like you going out and doing more stuff like this, that's how we're going to continue moving forward as a community. I totally believe that. I mean, my entire platform for Miss LA Leather was getting different communities to come together. And that having the Mr. and Miss on one stage on one contest on one night was just the beginning of what should be going on. Mm-hmm. Especially in LA, because we're a big scene and people look to us for, you know, trends and stuff. And I just, I want everybody to get along in the same space, no matter what the sexual identification is or gender. Or, I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. We're all human and we all bleed the same color, you know, if something happens. And, and that's my toll. I want that so bad. That is so beautiful. Well, I, I do want to have so many more questions for you, Persephone. But let, let's, um, I'm trying to narrow my, my brain down because it's going all over. The, what would be your message first to people of the old guard, as you said earlier, with this mindset that, you know, the community is changing so quickly that there's this sort of fear or friction to the unknown. And then what would be your message to women coming into the community as well? Well, to the old guard, it's very difficult to take the old guard mentality into a different place because they've been that way for so long. Mm-hmm. And to feel threatened by changes is something that everybody rebels against, no matter what the change is. Mm-hmm. People don't like change. But what the whole garden needs to do is they need to open up their their minds and embrace what's coming 
and not be afraid that we're going to steal your place from you. I totally believe that everybody needs their own space. But I also believe that we need to bring those spaces together once in a while to support each other and have fun. And I think if they would open up their minds and their hearts to women and and that they would see we're not a threat, we're a support system for them, and we would like them as a support system for us. When they decided to dismantle the Mr. Miss contest together on one night on one stage, mm-hmm. I... I I cried all the way from, you know, LAX to Santa Clarita because that was such the energy and the magnitude of that evening was fantastic. And it can be that way all the time if we could just get some of the old guard to open up, relax, enjoy. Now, as far as women coming into the scene, number one, they need to realize that there's going to be some hesitation at certain events Mm -hmm. to welcome them. Most of them have been accepting, but there have been exceptions. There are times that I would have a great time, and then there's others I wouldn't. And... It just, I want women to go in with their eyes open. I don't want them to go into leather thinking, oh, this is cool. I can be leather and and everybody will love me and da-da-da-da. It's not that way. It's, it's, It's a struggle to get involved in stuff. Mm-hmm. And so be careful. Don't let it take you down so far that it causes problems. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, to women who are listening to this episode right now and thinking about coming into leather and the whole community and hearing you just say that, I mean, why why even bother if you're going to be faced with this friction and hesitation? What What makes leather worth it to go through all of that? What makes it worth it is when you're able to go and see the change in somebody who was totally against you, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, this isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And and the there is more guys that support me than don't. Mm-hmm. And there are more guys that accept me as who I am and what I represent then don't. But I just don't want anybody to come into this thinking it's all roses. There are a lot of roses, let me tell you. I've had a blast. I've met so many neat people. And I have been blessed with being able to go to so many neat events. And I've been able to judge some contests. And it, it's a black, it's really fun. It's a, it really is. But number one, I had to open my mind and my heart to the differences, mm-hmm. not just everybody out there, but I had to do that myself. 
and I can't take anything personal. Mm-hmm. I need to take it as a challenge to change that person's idea and change that person's mind that everything's cool. Yeah. You don't have to be gay male to be leather and you can have a lot of fun. I've had more fun with this title and meeting all these people in the community that I wouldn't have gotten a chance to know since I've been Miss LA Leather. And that makes it worth it. Wow. That totally does. Wow, Persephone, I really I really think what you said is very powerful. And for those listeners who um, are listening right now, either from whatever generation you're a part of, I think it's very important to kind of hear other people's voices and opinions and perspectives, especially, you know, coming from Miss LA Leather herself with an open mind and open heart. And it I, I believe, Persephone, that your message is, is going to continue moving the leather community forward in very positive ways. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. And I sure hope that this helps. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to get more um, dirty. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, come on. <laughs> Okay, so let's get kinky here. Um, what are some of your favorite kinks? And um, I mean, do you flag anything? Do you use flagging? No, I don't. Okay. I um, Yeah, no, I don't flag anything. Um, if I did, it, I'd be so, I'd be covered with flag. <laughs> you know, so, okay. but, we'll get you, you know, all There'd be flag. hankies everywhere, you know what I mean? <laughs> It just, I wouldn't be able to walk. It would be like one of those uh, magicians that pull out the hanky that keeps going and going and going. (laughs) That would be it, man. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, let's talk about your top two. Like, what are your top two favorite kinks, fetishes of all time? Oh, my. Only two? Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay, we can do more. Um, I like any kind of impact play. The flogging and spanking and and even single tails and i also like needles cutting knife play okay it it seems like you're you're um really into like pain would you say yeah and notice i'm like yeah (laughs) yeah there was no hesitation there (laughs) there's none um yeah and primal play that's i really like that what uh, can you describe primal play? Well, um, one time John and I were playing at one of the dungeons, mm-hmm. and he was doing impact play, and I was really far into subspace, and he turned me around and he punched me in the stomach, and he goes, "Now punch me." I'm like really? Yeah. You usually don't hit your your dominant. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so I did. And then he hit me again and I hit him and all of a sudden this, this inner came out, you know? And it was just like I wanted to i attacked him he attacked me um i scratched him i was biting him and vice versa and it's just it was just like i don't know how to describe it really and 
that was the first time that I ever had gone into a primal state of mind. And it was just like raw and basic. And I mean, it was a blast. I mean, it was just wow. Perception. It was, who knew oh, you were a kingster? Oh my god! It was, it was you punching him and him punching you. Me, Tarzan. You, Jade. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, love it. I love it. Uh, so, what kind of are you getting endorphins from this, or, or how is this like? How does this feel? lots of endorphins Mm -hmm. like endorphin overload i was flying so high when we did that it was unreal it i've never felt anything like it before and i've gone into subspace often but not as far as i did when that happened and i think another thing that was cool about it is that it was just spontaneous it wasn't something that we planned ahead of time that this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to try to get into. Mm-hmm. It just, it was the energy and the flow and the connection was just so wonderful. It, it really was. And I, I guess I should point out that at this point, you you two had been together for a, a while now. Is that right? Correct. So so you had some sort of understanding and trust. You didn't just like meet the first day and start punching each other. No. (laughs) Okay. Hi, I'm Persephone. Punch. (laughs) I'm John. I just want to clarify that because I I don't want people going out there and being like, oh, I'm going to organically punch somebody at the dungeon. Consent, consent, consent. Absolutely. Yeah, we we knew each other in and out and upside down and backwards. And, you know, um, the trust and he knows my likes and he knows my dislikes which are very few so (laughs) towards to those um oh yeah what about the knife play can you describe that to us knife play that that's an interesting that is like a mind fuck you know you um he'll have a knife that's sharp and everything else and I won't be able to see exactly what he's doing, but I can feel it. And he doesn't use the sharp part. I mean, I never get cut by a knife. Okay. So there's no actual, like, he's cutting into your flesh or anything. Correct. That That's a different scene. Okay. Um, so knife play is just basically the threat of having it, you know, there and the feel of it on your skin and that kind of stuff. So. Is it like you you have to trust whoever's doing this to you that they're not going to cut you? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. You this is not and again it's not something you just meet somebody and go, "Hi, knife." <laughs> right. That seems like something you would really want to vet that person before. Definitely. Same way with cutting. Mm-hmm. Um I had Mistress Melissa who is very good at it and she did a howling wolf's head on i mean mistress phoenix i'm confused <laughs> wait a second so mistress melissa was cutting mistress phoenix or mistress phoenix? no 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 i said it totally wrong oh, okay i'm sorry mistress phoenix was cutting me 
Oh, I see. Okay. And she did this howling wolf head on my thigh. And it was fantastic. That there's a lot of endorphins going because they're actually cutting you. So what is a wolf head? Is that like an image or a brand? No, it's an actual wolf, like the creature, the okay. animal. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was just the, a picture of the head with it up like he was howling. Wow. And she cut that into your, into your leg? Into my thigh, yeah. Wow. On top of my thigh. And it was, it was absolutely beautiful. And it lasted for quite a while. Um, in fact, I think today you can still see some of the lines, but you can't tell what it is. And um, the feeling, the pain factor, the chemistry, the energy, it was just, it was fantastic. And then, of course, afterwards, her being a major sadist, she sprayed it with rubbing alcohol. <laughs> That was like, (laughs) Persephone. I don't know if I can ever get on your level. I get a paper cut, and I'm like scared to put alcohol on it. I'm like, please, no. I have to mentally prepare myself. (laughs) A paper cut. Yeah, it's a little worse than alcohol on a paper cut. Wow. (laughs) But it was it was cool. Now I want a tattoo that looks like it. (laughs) <laughs> that is so interesting. You know, yeah, you know, uh, Mistress Melissa was talking about um, uh, branding and cutting, and I think for me, a lot of these things are new concepts because I, ne- I guess, I never thought of you know permanent marks or cutting as as actual um, is something I would consider at least for myself. You know, but it's, it's right. interesting to hear you know what other people get from these kind of endorphins and and kind of play. Yeah. Um, needles is another one of my favorite. Um, a funny kind of story is I, it was my birthday mm-hmm. and one of my friends decided, you know, that they wanted to do something for me. And so what we did was I was laying down and she put needles down into my boobs. Oh my gosh. And at the end of the needle, there's a little hub, and she put birthday candles in the little hubs, and then she lit them all on fire. <laughs> Did you blow them out? So, well, the funny thing is, is that she's lighting them, and they start melting. All of a sudden, we're doing wax play oh. <laughs> because they were coming down onto my skin, and since it's not a very long drop, they were pretty hot. But they didn't blister anything, but it was just like, zing, zing, zing. And I'm like trying to blow them out. And I'm laughing and everybody else is laughing. And my boobs are jiggling. So the candles are going everywhere. So is the wax. I mean, it was hilarious. <laughs> trying trying to blow these candles out while I'm laying down, you know, and laughing. And it, it was really fun. Okay, you have to invite me to your next birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. How it, fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And then another needle story I have for you <laughs> is John and I went to an event and 
later that night we were in our hotel room and we decided to try to do needles and we'd gone to classes about it and all that so it wasn't just like he took a needle and went hey, let's try this you know mm-hmm. So he gets me all cleaned up and all, you know, everything going good. And he sticks in the first needle. And again, it was in my my boob, you know, the upper part. And he goes to stick in the second one. And it was a little harder to get through, you know. It felt some resistance, but it went through. So I'm sitting there on this chair and I've got one of the hotel white bathroom towels Mm -hmm. around me, you know, and so I'm flying high and he decided, okay, let's take him out now. So he takes out the first one. No problem. Well, I've got my eyes closed and I'm just sort of like floating along and he goes to take out the second one and he takes it out and all of a sudden he goes, oh shit. (gasps) Talk about coming down. (laughs) What happened? <laughs> when he pulled out the needle, it splurted blood when the needle came out. Because obviously when he went in, it probably the hesitation we felt was going through a vein, which is no big deal. You know, I'm not going to die or anything. But the first thing he thought was, oh, shit, there's blood. It's going to get over the white hotel towels. And then they'll come and they'll clean the room and think, what the hell? <laughs> it's going oh my on. God. Per- you can see my face right now, Persephone. I am sh- <laughs> like, oh but I look God. down, there's all this blood running down my boob. And <laughs> but yeah, the last thing you want to hear is, oh, shit. Right, when someone the <laughs> when you're doing something. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Another time I heard "oh shit" was from Mistress Phoenix. We were at Desire, mm-hmm. and for the first time, she um, did vaginal fisting with me because this might be TMI, but I'm pretty small. So there's nothing TMI on this podcast. (laughs) Well, that's true. I'm pretty small. So it's really hard to get a fist in. Mm -hmm. Nobody's been able to do it. Well, Mr. Phoenix is like, I'll do it. I'm like, okay. So we're doing it. And I mean, it's going along really good. I am like, woo. And the whole bit. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, shit, that's not good. I'm like, what? Oh, what is this? What you guys saying you here when someone's fisting you? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? It, it turned out that I ripped a little bit. Oh, okay. okay. You know the perineum, you know, underneath the vaginal canal, it ripped a little bit, just like when you're having a baby or whatever. But you know, so there was some blood when she brought her hand out. She saw the blood and was like, "Oh shit, that's not good." <laughs> like, what? What do you mean? What's not good? What's going on? Help! <laughs> and then when I went to the bathroom later, that you know, about an hour later, I had my very own little scene with the urine burning the, oh, <laughs> the wow. cut. You know, it's just like, "Whoa, this hurts." <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> those How are a couple funny. of It's so funny because I think people look at, you know, like myself and, and you and they would walk into the room and think, oh, how sweet Brandon and Persephone. They're just sweet, innocent people. And then yeah. hearing your stories of getting pierced and fisted. And 
I love it. I love it. Uh, well, I was going to ask you kinks gone wrong, but I think we have enough kinks gone wrong. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what would be your your advice to people like first coming into uh, the scene and and exploring all of these fetishes on you know maybe on their own right now during quarantine? I mean, what could you uh, you know what advice could you give us? I I would say to watch out for what I call newbie syndrome. Okay. And to me, that is when one is new and they're excited, kind of like a puppy, you know, mm-hmm. they get all excited and, and run around and then they trip and fall. And you know what I mean? And right. you don't want to go into this with the attitude of, oh, I want to try all these things and I don't care who does it. I just want to try them. Care who does them. Mm-hmm. Realize who you can trust and who you can't. Do not ever, 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 and I did this and it was really stupid, go to some person's house that you met online and let them do stuff. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, control your your desires and your wants to keep yourself safe. Mm-hmm. Have somebody who you can call or who will call you and make sure that you're okay. Hmm. have a way to be able to get out of doing something. Like when I met John, I had my daughter there and we had signals Mm -hmm. that she would see so she could get me out of the situation if necessary. I do not like women in power positions. I've always been very rebellious, actually, Mm -hmm. and especially towards women. Why is that? I think it's because, hey, I'm a woman. You're a woman. Why do you think you're better than me or higher than me? Oh, okay. So I've always been in, like, middle management and jobs and stuff so that most of my bosses, unfortunately, in today's society, are male. Mm -hmm. And so having a male tell me what to do didn't really phase me but to have some bitch come in and go you need to do this i was just like fuck you you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just me so to be able to play with a female it took a lot for me and a lot of trusting and the first time i played with mistress phoenix i had my daughter there with me mm-hmm. it was at a dungeon so not like we were at a hotel room and she was sitting there watching. Um, but she was around and I knew it. And that way, if something happened, mm-hmm. I could signal to her and she'd come help me. You need mm-hmm. to make sure that you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything that you haven't been educated on how to do. Or don't have something done to you that you haven't been educated on how it's supposed to be done. A lot of dominants or a lot of tops will go to classes to learn how to flog. Well, I believe the bottom should go to that also, maybe not learn how to flog, but to learn what a top should or should not do. Right. Right. Um, So. No, it's interesting you say that there is a, um, 
a dominant I was talking to for a while. Um, we don't we don't really talk anymore. I think it's because of quarantine. It just you know took everything out of context. But um, there was a dom up in San Francisco area, and he was saying you know that he's been a dom for a long time, and that a lot of dominants will come to sub to be subs to him to learn how to be a better dom. Yeah, I've 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 heard that too. Um, John will not do anything to me that he hasn't experienced. Mm-hmm. He we were going to get into cell popping, which we will eventually. Cell popping. What is that? When you take like a, I'm not a cautery pin. Okay. And you make dots on somebody's skin with it Mm, okay okay um he did it to himself before he even thought about doing it to me wow that 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 is um real commitment there well that way he knows what it feels like and what i'm going through Mm -hmm. and i i think that's fantastic i believe that with my sub when I play with him, I know what he's going through and and what he's experiencing to a point, because we're all different, we all react different, but to a point, I know what's going on, and that helps me make decisions on going further or backing off a little bit or, you know, it right. just, it helps me gauge what I'm doing to my bottom, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, Persephone, I think we can have a whole other hour of kinks because you're super kinky. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anybody. But but I did want to ask you, because you have mentioned throughout, you know, our talk today, uh, a few, a couple like groups and organizations you were involved with. Would you mind maybe just touching on a couple of those and and educating us on, on what some of those are and what they do? I think you mentioned LA Girls of Leather and um Right. I I'm not much part of LA Girls of Leather anymore. Okay. They've kind of um faded. Uh okay. they're still there, but they're not doing very much. But um I am the co chair for Fetish Kink Leather Ascension or Fuck LA. Okay. Um which is an organization that serves we're trying to serve around the community when lalc kind of had their problems with the mr miss contest a group of us that didn't want to be associated with them anymore Mm -hmm. decided that we needed to come up with an organization to work with them not against them work with them in helping the community and one of some of the things we do is we have a calendar for events around the area and actually right now it's open to the whole nation because of covid okay we have a mentorship for people that are looking to come into the lifestyle and would like some guidance and we also have a leather archive that we can you know house some history for future generations Another thing that I do is I'm uh, part of the ACE Fund, which is funded by Foundation, which are the producers of the Miss Mix and Leather bootleg titles. Okay. Um, since we couldn't have a contest this year, the money was put up 
into this fund for our community and those who need financial help due to COVID, like loss of insurance, uh, loss of job. It also relies on donations from others, which we have gotten a lot of. One time my uh, master and I had a benefit for them by playing bingo. Mm -hmm. And we had TED Talks in between each bingo game. Each bingo game had a prize you could win. Uh, You could have your choice. And those prizes at the end that weren't won, we had an auction. And we made over $300 for the ACE fund. So uh, we also hold a munch up here in Santa Clarita. Even though we're not holding it now, it will definitely come back when all this COVID stuff goes away. Mm-hmm. We're on the we're one of the group leaders for the Hollywood Spanking Party, which is held at the Lair de Sod or was being held at Lair de Sod once a month, and basically it's for spankos, uh, no matter how you identify. Mm-hmm. And we also added a little light BDSM. So you can also do flogging and stuff like that. But it's mainly a, a spanking type group. Oh. So, and recently I was accepted as a full member of the Southland Title Sisters. Yay! Yay! Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow, that is so awesome. It sounds like you're involved with a lot of things. So, you know, those of you that are listening, if you're looking for ways to get involved, um, please reach out. Um, Persephone, how can we get connected with you? How can we find you? Well, I'm definitely on FetLife as Persephone. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Persephone DiStefano. Mm -hmm. For the um, FKLA, there is a website, fkla.info, and you can get me through there as co-chair. And then you can always use my email, which is misslaleather2019 at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I will make sure to put links to all of that in the description below. Um, Before we go, do you have any last statements you'd like to make to our audience? I just want to say support each other, even though we have our different lifestyles, but we're really all one community. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show again today. And I hope to see you soon, especially after COVID. Persephone, we're going to go have drinks of the bullet together and I will keep my eyes away from everyone's crotches. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for inviting me to do this. It was very fun. I I can't wait till COVID is gone so I can get all the hugs and cuddles and see everybody because this is miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to see you. Thank you again. (laughs) You're welcome. All right, guys. Well, before we go, don't forget to check out the many outreach programs we have available to us here in the Los Angeles area. The LA Leather COVID-19 Assist, Bullet Bar Pantry, and LALC Cares are all ways that you can get assistance during these trying times of COVID-19. I will, of course, have links in the description below. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet, and you can no longer reach out to me through Facebook because I've been in Facebook jail now for about a month, so I think it's permanent. <laughs> um, but I did create a Twitter where you can find me as Brandon Bullet LA. 
I've never really used Twitter in the past. I don't even really know anybody who's on there. I think I have like one follower so far. But for updates and kinky photos that I would have otherwise posted through Facebook, it looks like I'm going to have to use Twitter a little bit more for that now. So go ahead and follow me there. Again, you can find me as Brandon Bullet LA. Thanks again for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky. Okay.